0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Keith Tan is a project director for Genix. Now, Keith is 20 more years young. Uh, He is a graduate of Singapore uh, Institute of Management and the University of London, majored in economics, got his start in crypto investment in 2014 at the age of 17. Keith, come on the show. We are so happy to have you with us here on Saturday mornings on Money FM. How are you doing today? Hi, Glenn. Hi, Neil. Glad to be here. Now, Uh,
1: Keith, I want you to do something for me right off the bat. Glenn has tried it for me several times. He hasn't quite got there, which says more about me than you. Okay. Explain to me in layman terms, cryptocurrency. I've seen you were working in it from 17, 17 years old. You started getting involved in cryptocurrency. Am I correct? 17, which is now seven years ago, you're 24. So even when you started, cryptocurrency was in its infancy, relatively speaking, which is an extraordinary testament to your good self. Explain it to me. Cryptocurrency, how did you get into it? And what is it?
2: Okay, so actually how it all started, I was uh, 17. Uh, Back then I was doing an international foundation year back in Manchester. So My friends and I, when we were just like tinkering around in the internet, we discovered this new kind of internet money that um, back then didn't have much function. So honestly, we didn't take it seriously, okay? But we took a punt anyway, and we bought Bitcoin back when it was under $30, $40. So, you know, as students, we were constantly broke, and we always like didn't have enough money even to like buy food at times. So... While we were running low on cash, we would use these bitcoins to pay off each other. We were just send them to each other as a joke, uh, mm. just to repay off debts to one another. What was Bitcoin um, at that at put, that
0: time? How much was Bitcoin for a coin? So like under thirty dollars, uh, <laughs> between twenty to thirty dollars. <laughs> what is, is it? Yeah. Is it back up to fifty thousand or something now? What's it at now?
2: yeah um, I believe yesterday when I saw it, it was at about 50, Singapore Singapore dollars, yeah <laughs> for one yeah. yeah, so like thinking like, oh my God, back then like, I gave my friend like like four or five thousand dollars. I totally regret it right now. <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> We all have stories like that, though, investment stories, yeah yeah, but,
1: but what did you see, Keith, even as a 17 year old and obviously now 24, what did you see about cryptocurrency that told you this was in some hmm. way going to be the future?
2: Mm, okay I think this one um it was mainly when let's say my parents when they were sending me money when I was studying overseas we they were always subject to very high remittance fees yeah. and you know it was very, always very inconvenient such a the scam by the process. banks
0: you know those big fees yeah. that just to transfer money yeah, over it's ridiculous yep and, sorry and it
2: took like two to three days like for the money just to move over from the Singapore bank account to my UK bank account and we found that like honestly it was a joke you know, like, we felt like we would be ta- being taken for a ride. Mm. So, when we discovered Bitcoin, we realized that with this new currency, right, you could send money literally to anyone, anywhere in the world. And it would yeah. take uh, back then, it was, was taking like 15 20 minutes per transaction, but still, compared to the clanky banking user interface and you know how much time it takes, like, Bitcoin was solving a lot, a lot of problems. So, when we were just like talking about it, my friends and I, we were just discussing on the implementation of blockchain technology and what kind of industries it could disrupt. Then, then we really started to take uh, a bigger interest in it, especially when it started exploding in multiples.
0: Interesting. So tell us now, you're working with uh, your project director at GenX. Uh, what do you do at yeah. GenX uh, and, and what is it? Mm, okay, so what do I
2: do at Genix? So I am a project director at Genix. Um, what I do is I handle everything that has to do with Genix. It's a multifaceted approach um, that deals with all sorts of uh, factors, such as like legal compliance, um, the tech, the marketing, the PR. So everything about Genix literally has to flow through me before um, it is approved. Okay. Then, so, so what
1: is Genix? You haven't actually said what is Genix.
2: Yeah. Okay. So Genix is a layer two lending protocol that's on the Binance Smart Chain. So currently in like crypto lending, if users want to take up a loan, they can do so, but they would have to deposit twice the amount of money as collateral. Um, for example, if I want to borrow one Bitcoin, I'll need to put two Bitcoin as collateral. So Genix, we, we saw this problem with Genix and we decided that, hey, you know, it doesn't make sense that if I need money, if I need to take a loan, I need to put even more money. And so for Genix, what we've implemented is this, um, this thing called Trust Score. So with trust score, right, the more someone borrows, the lower their collateral ratio is. So this means that they will have to supply less and less collateral over time to receive the same amount of funds. And this gives us an edge over incumbent lending protocols such as Venus or Compound. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: fascinating stuff I'm still I'm still learning so I mean you're 24 years old already you've depressed me so how <laughs> how, you know how has your personal net worth grown through this involvement do you
2: have any financial targets yourself mm, okay so uh, yeah so back in like uh, like seven years ago uh, my friends and I, we all took a punt and put like $500 to $1,000 in Bitcoin. Hang on, and, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is we, this
1: the bit where you're going to come up with some ridiculous
0: figure that's going to make Glenn and I cry? Because <laughs> <laughs> Neil, apparently, according to the internet, is worth $6 million. Could he, could he increase that wealth perhaps? Oh, dear. God, <laughs> oh, yes, most you, definitely. You, so definitely, you said what? Yeah. You put in, what was it, $5,000? <laughs> was
2: that it? Yeah, no, we put in $500. Oh, $500. <laughs> and it was yes. under $50. Yeah. So um then after that we we actually witnessed the evolution of Ethereum and the implementation of smart contract programming and you know we you know we saw like how how this, this whole uh industry, you know, there's so much growth, so much potential in in crypto. So I right now I would put my net worth at an estimate of like maybe mid six figures, but I believe in like the the um, adoption of this technology and i think that like eight figures is very possible within the next five years <laughs> <laughs> can we be your friend
0: all right i, yeah, um, I don't know what to say to that yeah. uh, keith
1: to be honest you know 24 years
0: oh, are mid six figures all right let's let's talk a little bit more broadly about you know digital natives your generation i, I guess you know technically you're gen z aren't you
2: uh, I'm the first year of Gen Z, I believe. Gen Z, yeah. okay. How, what yeah.
0: are the invest? What, what are people thinking about that you, your friends or people in your age group that you know of? What are they thinking about in terms of investing? Are they thinking about it yet? What What are their pathways, and um, you know, are they Are they taking this seriously? And it has the, as the advent of, of of digital and virtual currencies made them think a different way about it.
2: I mean, I guess like for this there's not really a
0: one-size-fits-all approach sure. um, I do have some friends who and, and I'm not are asking really, you to speak for a generation let's just get that straight mm. right now but just you know just <laughs> in your experience what you're seeing and what you're hearing mm.
2: I do have some friends who are deep deep into cryptocurrency and, and their net worth is already in multiples of what mine is at the moment but I also do have friends who are literally just starting out right now and you know they, they still have a lot a lot a lot to learn at this point in time
1: but I mean listening to you Keith. And, and everyone listening Money Affair it, it it does have that slight caveat of if it sounds too good to be true it must be too good to be true if if you can take $500, $1,000 and turn it into six figures everybody would be doing it and I know yeah. I'm going to say this in advance I'm comparing apples with oranges I'm saying this up front but I do remember something similar in the late 90s when I was coming through yeah. as a rookie journalist that it was all about the dot com everything was dot com you, mm-hmm. you get involved <laughs> with dot com you are going to get overnight rich now is there an element of that with crypto because if it sounds as simple as you're suggesting then right now i'm going to go out and take all my life savings and give it to gen x i'm going to i'm going to give it to you and say right i want you to turn this into six seven figures in five years if it's that easy everybody would be doing it so what's the That's catch true. what's the obstacle what are the potential pitfalls here
2: okay so i i think before i i get into that it is important to know what the world of decentralized finance has to offer to its people there are so many different elements of like DeFi that most people they can't even wrap their head around. Correct. There are things like, like things like, uh, methods of payment. Things like your X chain. Okay, there are custodial services which are your wallets. Okay, so these are things like your MetaMask. Okay, your Argent wallet. Okay? These are all um, um, decentralized wallets that hold funds for you. Okay, there are infrastructure tokens that. Uh, these include like the bounties network where you know people can can put up a bounty and say like, okay, I need this thing to be done. Uh, I'm offering this price and I will pay out the money. So then, see, this is only like three things out of like nine, you know. So there are so, so many things like that people have to know. And if you want to put all your money into GenX, you know, of course, you know, I would say go ahead, but please (laughs) exercise some caution (laughs) in that because, um, I guess for a lot of investors, they kind of generalize cryptocurrency as just one right, one investment class. But what they don't know, right, is that actually three. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can segregate these into your high cap, your mid cap and your low cap coins. Okay. So it is important to know which category you're going to be investing in because each category has its own risks.
0: Mm. Yeah. And yep. look, you know, you should never invest more than you are able to lose. Right. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> as, as we all, just the same with if you're a gambler. Right. You yeah. never gamble more than but yeah. but you can. Sure. Is,
1: is right. it that, though? Is it I mean, is it gambling, Keith? Because it's not gambling, is it? You're not going into a casino and you've got a temp. You no. are assuming that you're playing. The, I, again, I'm speaking as a layman here. But as a layman yep. listening to you, it sounds like you you can't lose here but obviously you can otherwise back to my original you point can. everybody oh, yes. would be doing it everybody would be doing it <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah okay so I, I guess to answer this question I have to get more into detail about the three categories that I just mentioned mm. um, so for your high cap coins this would be like your Bitcoin and the top 20 coins that you see in coin market cap Okay. so for these things right the growth potential is not as high um, but what people look out for is like their team strict adherence to the objectives set in their roadmap. For each milestone or line item achieved in their roadmap, that is positive news for the ecosystem, and it can be very lucrative uh, at times if you do spot the news at the right time. Um, for mid-cap coins, it generally follows the same principles as high-cap coins, but they have a very high failure rate. So mm-hmm. this is where investors start to lose money. Okay, when and they should like generally exercise exercise a lot of caution when they're investing in such projects, and. um, now to the low cap coins, those coins that are not listed on CoinMarketCap, CoinGecko, or any uh, crypto asset price tracking aggregators. Okay. These are your coins that are generally trading between one and 30 million dollar market cap. And this asset class carries the highest amount of risk. Um, but then that, that said, it also gives investors the highest chance of earning multiples. Okay. So, uh, with these low cap coins, right? Uh, Many of them are outright scams, uh, colloquially known as rug pulls. And the key factors to look out in this asset class is the credibility of their team, their backgrounds, what uh, problems in the cryptocurrency market they're trying to solve, and a general understanding of their token and revenue model. That's the issue, Glenn, isn't it?
1: When you don't? as someone like me i, I think i would speak for many when i say i don't i don't really understand this world you could be an element of swimming <laughs> well, with sharks couldn't it <laughs> absolutely and we're,
0: we're talking with with uh, with keith today and keith is uh, 27 24 sorry 24 24 years old excuse me keith yep. uh, keith tan project director at genix this raises the question of of uh, DeFi, right, which is decentralized finance, Uh, when we talk about uh, not relying on traditional forms of finance, right? But now we're talking about crypto, we're talking about the uh, blockchain based uh, elements. And Mike Yang has been commenting about that on uh, on our Facebook live chat. But Keith, is it hard for people to get their heads around the whole DeFi universe right now? Um, Or do you feel like people are starting to get it? Uh, they understand that there is an interconnectivity between many different elements in, in a in a DeFi world. Well, wow. okay.
2: So I I feel like the adoption of decentralized finance is definitely something that um, is is increasing these days. Um, the implementation of DeFi, although there is no specific date to when it was incepted, it has boosted the crypto market cap to over two point nine trillion dollars today. Okay, so the main application of decentralized finance is is essentially removing the intermediary uh from the equation okay Mm. so uh, as mentioned earlier on you know the situation with money remittances at the bank or even you know in peer-to-peer lending you know like with with genix we are actually not lending to an institution that is earning a cut from all our transactions okay we basically put our money into the smart contract and the smart contract will automatically calculate, uh, based on the demand and supply, what is the optimal interest rate. Okay? So with decentralized finance, it is not a group of people, like one small group of people setting the interest rate for, let's say, 1 million, 2 million people. No. It is the demand and supply of the money put into the smart contract that determines what is the optimal supply or interest rate for everyone in the market. So it results in a more fair and equitable society.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Keith, thanks thanks so much for your time. We're going to leave it there. I've put the GenX uh, uh, URL in the Facebook live chat. Thanks for being with us today on uh, Saturday morning weekends on Money FM. Thanks, Keith. Thanks.